The following ShishMed podcast is a production of drpodcasting.com. On this special edition of the ShishMed podcast, Rapid Insights, I'm your host, Bill Klaproth. We are very happy to talk with ShishMed Connections Bytes keynote presenter, Juana Slade, Chief Diversity Officer and Director of Language Services at AnMed Health, about her keynote, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, 21st Century Connections for 21st Century Success. So thank you for your time and great job on the keynote. So as you know, and we all know, these last seven months have been a difficult time for many hospitals and health systems nationwide. Leaders at AnMed Health believe that every employee must have an opportunity to succeed and contribute. Every patient, every time must have a positive experience and that healthcare must begin before patients enter their doors and continue long after they have left, all with efficiency and accuracy. So as we all work towards healthier work environments and what AnMed Health believes in, does that all start with equity, diversity, and inclusion? Absolutely. I, I think that uh, while that the, the body of work of EDI solely can't be the foundation of your connections with patients and the preparation for interactions with patients, but it certainly has to be taken into consideration. We've got to know who our patients are. We've got to know what their preferences are. We've got to know how they communicate. We need to know where they live. We also need to know not only where they have come from, but if it's been an inpatient interaction, where we are discharging that patient to. What's that environment going to be like? They have the resources and wherewithal or these even the cultural connections to follow the discharge plans and the care plans that we send home to them or with their support person. So it's important that we know where our patients are coming from, what challenges they may bring with them. And then when we send them home, we need to know that they will be uh, fully prepared to follow our recommendations and to take care of themselves. To do those things, those two concepts, pre and post, may sound fairly simplistic. It is very complex um, when you recognize that as the provider, as the community uh, health system, you may not necessarily have commonalities among all of the populations that you serve. And so we need to figure out who is coming to us, where they're coming from, and how we can adjust to make sure that they are as healthy as possible because it's to our financial benefit in addition to wanting to make sure that we take care of our patients. Financially, it's in our best interest if we do that with uh, efficiency, uh, every patient, every time. So equity, diversity, and inclusion is very important in that. So how do you define diversity in healthcare? How does your organization define that? Sure. I think, as, as I may have mentioned during the keynote, we've been at this work of diversity and inclusion for the better part of the last 20 years, and we crossed paths many years ago with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Roosevelt Thomas. He created a think tank in Atlanta called the American Institute for Managing Diversity, and at the time, he really focused on diversity in the workplace, in the work environment. And his perspective was that if we could suspend some of the stereotypical definitions around diversity and we could galvanize ourselves uh, around a definition that everyone could identify with, it may move the mission of the business forward or it may, for a for-profit environment, it would help that environment 
sell its products and services more effectively and more broadly. His definition very simply said, diversity is any collective mixture characterized by similarities and differences. And in in a tertiary health system, we have a variety of departments and services and programs. And so it is to our collective benefit that we are successful. It matters to me if the if nursing units, are, if the clinical nursing units are successful, it matters to me if security, the security team is successful, if finance is successful, if business services are delivered in a, in a successful and effective way, it matters collectively to all of us. So What are those things that we share in common, not just those things that make us different, not the fact that we're different disciplines spread over three campuses and 40 practice sites. We are collectively in this together. Our motto is we're in this together, and that's the truth. We are interconnected and interdependent on each other's success. Let's, as an organization, focus on those similarities rather than focusing solely on our differences. So I like how Dr. Thomas put that. Diversity is any collective mixture characterized by similarities and differences. So is this where the concept of differentiology comes in? Sure. Our CEO, a few years back, came up with this phrase, he coined this phrase, our term rather, the science of differentness. And and it stuck with our organization. If you do a a web search for us and for that word, differentiology, and add either AnMed Health or Anderson, South Carolina, it'll bring you to our organization. The definition is very simplistic, similar to Dr. Thomas's definition. Differentiology is the science of differentness. It's understanding and valuing and developing efficiencies and and economies of scale and processes and procedures around those things that make us different. So how can a different approach to an issue, how can a different approach benefit one department, one division, one service line? How can we make sure that all of those differences collectively come together to make our organization more efficient? So it's about respecting and embracing and taking advantage of and benefiting from our differences and similarities. Yeah, we really need to do a better job of respecting and understanding and collaborating with people where there may be differences that can really help break down the walls in any organization. So you also talked about a definition of cultural competence and its relevance to a comprehensive strategy for equity, diversity, and inclusion in healthcare. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Cultural competence in our industry is defined as the ability of uh, providers and organizations. That's, so that's not just folks on the front line. That's folks in team members, rather, in uh, support departments. That's team members at the front door. That's our volunteers. Uh, everybody in the organization is aware that we are coming together so that we can deliver services that will meet the cultural, social, and ling- linguistic needs of our patients. What are the things that we need to do at the front desk to make sure that we can address the needs of a patient that walks who walks up and, and is deaf or hard of hearing? What do we need to do if we have an individual who walks up looking for care, who comes from a culture that says, when you're sick, you go to the hospital versus when you're sick, you go to your private practitioner? How can we help 
to establish policies and procedures and systems that will allow us to engage and uh, support all of our patients, no matter who they are. What do we need to do in in our hiring processes to make sure that any individual who comes seeking employment at AMET Health has a fair and just process of application and can be effectively considered for employment. So I think it's about the environment. We often think if we've got a policy that says this is what we do, then that means that we're checking the box on whatever that issue is. But cultural competence is more about the system of the application of those policies. What are the actual experiences when a patient who does not speak English comes to our organization? What's the actual experience of a patient who doesn't speak English, who's had a positive inpatient admission, but is receiving discharge instructions? How are they going to be given those instructions? How will they receive those instructions? How can they participate in their care? Perhaps they wouldn't be able to read what we sent home with them. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, Juana, what you're talking about is applying cultural competence at all critical patient touch points, reviewing all of those touch points and making sure you're applying that cultural competence in all areas. Across the entire organization, that is exactly right. So you also talked about emerging local, regional, and national implications for equity, diversity, and inclusion in healthcare. How does that local, regional, and national fit into the strategy? As I said on during our, our time together, I can only speak for our experiences here at AMED Health and, and our engagement at AMED Health, but much uh, like the, the national call to action that was issued in 2011 to the field by the American Hospital Association, there was a charge to increase collection and use of race, ethnicity, and language preference data to increase cultural competency training and to increase diversity in governance and leadership. And hospital systems all across the country immediately responded and and, uh, said, yes, you can sign me up. I pledge to do that. It it has been challenging for our industry, so much so that AHA came back in 2015 and said, you need to move the mark on these things. And these are three deliverables that you've got to make good on. You can't just sign a pledge and say that you're going to do that. You've got to actually take action. You've got to excel. We collectively have to accelerate this pledge. And we, one of the things that we found out in the ensuing years from 2011 to 2015, we recognized that we would need to accelerate the commitment. Not only would we need to execute a pledge to do these things, uh, AHA admonished us that it was going to be our responsibility to increase and engage our collaborative interactions with other entities across the community, across the nation. We would need to look for partnerships beyond the hospital association to make sure that individuals could contribute and, and make a difference, that individual organizations, that education partners, that business partners, we could identify allies who could who were willing to contribute to this work to address the health status in our country. Similarly, in South Carolina, we've done the a, a similar strategy or launched a similar strategy with the Alliance for a Healthier South Carolina. Our motto is that we are to convene, connect, and catalyze around the very same 
directives that the hospital association issued to health systems across the country. We want to use data and information. We are interested in forging collaborations across the state of South Carolina. We're using data and education. We want to make sure that not only hospitals and health systems, but the 50 collaborative partners who are part of our uh, statewide initiative, they understand the value of cross-cultural training. They understand the, the value of awareness and education. And then finally, we've got to make sure that when there are opportunities to speak with collective voice, we have to have policy and advocacy in place to move some of these broader issues around health inequity. We've got to move some of those forward through policy and, and advocacy. And there are partners who can help us to do that work. So I think it, it was important nationally. It's important across the state of South Carolina. And we have launched a similar initiative within our own organization. And we have established an ANMAT Health Equity Coalition that internally allows uh, a multidisciplinary team to come together and take a look at some of the solutions that we could design, uh, some of the solutions that have been designed that are really patient-focused and patient-centric. We recognize that not all people experience health the same way. There are social injustices, historical injustices that we are well aware of. And so it's our responsibility to try to put together solutions and work collaboratively to make sure that uh, every person every time has an opportunity to engage and participate actively in their health here in our local market. That is really well said, and I like what you mentioned at the end, that you're all working on solutions and working collaboratively. So there's a lot of moving parts to an EDI, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Strategy. How can someone get started to create this strategy? What are the building blocks to enact an EDI strategy? It's my mantra. Uh, this, too, I also referenced earlier, and that is that relationships drive results. Mm -hmm. I think that to begin this work, Today, while there may be a, a bit more of an urgency today than there was uh, 20 years ago when I started, I think the same strategy applies, and that is I've got to figure out how to make the work of diversity and inclusion. We weren't focused as much on equity then. It was primarily patient safety and quality, but to focus on equity, diversity, and inclusion today requires the same partnerships and relationships that I needed 20 years ago. How do I make this work relevant for the chief financial officer? How do I make this work relevant for general counsel? How do I make this work relevant for for business services? How do I make this work relevant for human resources? And the list goes on. It can't just be about the person in your organization or in an organization charged with diversity. It has to belong to the entire organization. There are around 4,000 employees here at AnMed Health. Diversity has to be a part of, not to the same degree, but diversity has to be a part of all that we all do. We won't be successful in equity, diversity, and inclusion. We won't be successful until everybody understands that there is a benefit, there's value across the continuum if we are providing equitable, inclusive care. I love that. Relationships drive results. That's really a good way to say that. And I love how you said diversity belongs to the entire organization. Yes. So that means 
communicating that to the entire organization. And one of the other things that you definitely stressed to us was having a strategy around communication. That seems like it's so important. Tell us about that. One of my strongest allies is the director of marketing services. I sit down with her typically at the beginning of the year and I talk about the program of work as I project for the year. And uh, she will bake into her plan, her communications plans, her marketing plans, her business services plans, she will bake into that plan or those plans the implications for diversity and inclusion. And so I can't, just as I can't be responsible for the diversity policy execution, I can't communicate the, the importance of this work without structural corporate support. And that support needs to come through our marketing team. So communication, as you said, is really vitally important. So as we talk about diversity, and I think we're all on board with that, and we all want to be better in this area, what if you're at a healthcare institution in an area of the country that doesn't really support diversity in the community, in the color of people's skin, or maybe their sexual orientation, or their religious beliefs, and maybe some of those same people are actually on the hospital healthcare staff. How do you deal with those types of situations? The first thing is to determine that diversity is much more than those things that make us different. We have one, your hospital system, your health system has one singular mission. The mission isn't defined based on who you are, what you look like, what your ethnicity may be, what language or what your primary language may be. We want to move the organization forward. And so if we focus on what that is, that will give us the opportunity to do what's necessary to move the the mission of the organization. It's not about what our personal preferences may be. When we come to work, it's about moving the work forward, moving the health system forward, improving the bottom line of our health system, making sure that a patient, whether we think a patient should receive information in another language or not, it is financially in our best interest that we get that care right for that patient and that we send them home with information that they will understand and a care plan that they can follow. It will cost us money if it's an inpatient mission and they're back within 30 days. So I think when it comes to finding out what your connections are, or more importantly, are not in your organization around diversity, make sure that the diversity definition is inclusive of those things we share in common first rather than those things that make us different. Extremely well said. So it's not about personal preferences. It's really all about moving that patient experience and patient health care forward. Right. And focusing on those things that we all share in common. Which is the mission of the system. Because at work, that's why we're here. We are here to execute and successfully accomplish the mission of the health system. Mm-hmm. Period. Got it. So then last question, Juan, and thank you so much for your time. What is the biggest roadblock to equity, diversity, and inclusion in healthcare, in your opinion? I think it's not just in healthcare, but it's in diversity, health equity, and inclusion. Diversity, equity, inclusion in total, uh, that's stereotypes. 
if you are willing to have conversations, even if you initially uh, disagree with someone, but if you are willing and open to conversations, again, back to diversity and driving results, if you're willing to be in relationship with someone who may be different than you, you may end up being able to make a difference. So suspending stereotypes is the number one challenge. Suspending stereotypes. So easy to remember, and if we could all do that, this world would be a better place. And you said if you're willing to be in relationships with someone who may be different than you, then you can make a difference. And that's what everyone in healthcare is trying to do, make a difference. Yes, that's correct. Absolutely. That is so well said. Thank you so much for your time. This has really been good. The keynote was called Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, 21st Century Connections for 21st Century Success. Juana Slade, Chief Diversity Officer and Director of Language Services at AnMed Health. Juana, this has really been great. Thank you so much for your time. Glad to be here and thank you for having me. Another great keynote from another great conference this year, 2020 ShishMed Connections Bites. Our thanks again to Juana Slade from AdMed Health, one of our keynoters this year. And to learn more about ShishMed Connections Bites, just visit shishmed.org slash education slash shishmed dash connections dash bites. And if you found this podcast helpful, and of course, how could you not? Please share it on all of your social channels and please hit the subscribe or follow button to get every episode. This has been a production of Dr. Podcasting. I'm Bill Klaproth. See ya.